Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at FinSecurity, and I am joined by Tom Lawrence, the founder and CEO of Lawrence Technology. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. So today we got a special treat for all of you listening. We have a three-part series. So this is part one of that three-part series on how to use, should you be using YouTube to grow your business or your MSP? There'll be some how in here too. So keep keep listening. (laughs) There'll be a little little bit of how, but mostly just us telling you, yeah, uh, wagging the finger and saying you should be doing these things. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Tom also runs what I would consider an extremely successful YouTube channel. S- several hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, about 300,000 and 53 million views, depending on when you listen to it. It's, a, it's at least that much or more. <laughs> and a podcasting studio that is much, much, much better and built out than mine. So well, very jealous. It takes time, but yes. <laughs> so YouTube is can be used to generate a lot of business. I know you and I have talked about this a lot before. Uh, so it's like a stand-in or or it helps marketing. Why do, why do MSPs struggle with marketing in the first place? What's typically where they miss the mark? It's sometimes where you position yourself. And if you look up and easy, the good books to read around it is Story Brand Telling. I believe it's actually the name of the company is Story Brand. Um, I would, maybe I'll find some stuff to put in the show notes later and exactly which books. But if you just think about how to build narrative and storytelling, and that's where they're sometimes just not doing it. They go, hey, look, and you know, I see posts all the time I engage with in different forums, one of them recently. Hey, I want to start another MSP. All right, what's your differentiating? What's your marketing plan? I'm really good at tech is all the person kept repeating. I'm like, well, great. That does not attract customers to you. And then putting out a story about, did you know we're the best of the best when it comes to doing all these tech things? And you find a lot of people, great, your skills are greatly appreciated as an employee somewhere where you are very technical. I can hand things to you. You're going to get them done. That's awesome. Pat on the back. Uh, Great. That is not the same as marketing. That's not how you engage a business. And that concept from technical founders, which are going to be the majority of your MSPs, to building that into a six-fold business is a a big gap that is the marketing side of it. And sales will just go in there as well, because if you don't have the marketing to get the people calling you, you don't even know how to close the deal. Yeah. I was having a, I was having this exact conversation with a buddy of mine, Alex uh, Farling, where if your whole sales pitch is, look at all the tools I use, you've immediately lost. You're not describing the value that you actually provide, which is the outcome you want to give your client. Never talk tools with a client unless they ask, unless they ask. I never hide my tools that we use. It's just not the conversation starter. There's also about a hundred YouTube videos on every tool you probably have used. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I don't, yeah I, I actually go in depth and I have reviews of all the tools we use, uh, or most of them at least, and more on the way. But nonetheless, when it comes to the client side, 
you know, you see all the analogies. You don't sell them the ingredients. You sell them the cake, et cetera. But really, it starts with that common language, common conversation and listening of what do they need and then how to position yourself as someone who helps them on their journey to solving their tech problem, not presenting the solution to them, but thinking about how you become a partner on their journey. That's the first step in the marketing plan that you need to do is how are you going to be the assistant? How are you going to not be the hero, but be that hero's sidekick? And this is just this narrative of storytelling. And any movie has something like this, too where it's not just the hero. The hero has a goal, but then there's always that person that helps them, that gives them the sword, that puts the shield on them. Uh, And that's what you want to be is that person that can equip them. And when you start from that perspective of marketing, it's a good way to think about it. But let's bring it all the way back to YouTube now that we've answered why they're bad at it for often not understanding that part of the hero's journey and what their role is in the hero's journey. (laughs) They're not the hero. (laughs) They're not. They're not current. Um, Why did you start YouTube for your business? So public speaking is actually a big piece of what I was doing previously. And I, well, I see previously, I'm still doing public speaking. What changed though was when I was speaking at actually a Linux conference. So I do talk for business conferences, things that are going to be related to my IT business, but I also engage a lot with the tech community and the hacking community. So I was doing a talk and it really clicked to me when someone says, why don't you sell this on YouTube? Because, you know, the, there's only so many people that can fit in a room and uh, the way the talks are divided up, more people want to see my talk room limit hit. And then people sit though on YouTube. I said, sure, but who wants to watch a video about firewalls on YouTube? You know, going and you know, talking in depth about open source firewalls and rules and VLANs and turns out a whole lot of people. I was wrong of- about some of that. So that kind of really uh, sparked it for me to start putting deeply technical tutorials and sharing my experience. And it also kind of aligned with the goals I had of going, how do I want to, you know, raise more awareness for technology, engage more on the community? I like doing this, but who's not everyone can make it to the conferences and you can only go to so many conferences because there's a finite amount of time. So from a scalability, I said, yeah, this YouTube thing's pretty popular. Um, look at this Linus guy and these other people doing technical videos. But I realized once you start a niche of going down some of the niches I did, you build a bigger audience around it. And it just kind of uh, fell in naturally. That makes a lot of sense. And what was what was the early trajectory you saw? Was it straight up into, into the right immediately or was yeah, it a long slog? You have to really be committed and understand YouTube is a long game. It's going to be the longest one of any of the social media platforms you may find on some of the short ones, especially if you're in the entertainment category. And this can apply to YouTube as well. You may take off fast, but if you're looking to grow a different audience, a more engaged, in-depth, community-driven audience that follows you for being very technical, that takes time. Um, Everyone likes to be the person telling jokes and entertaining. Uh, that can get you a bunch of views really quick. Uh, but ask any comedian on the road, man, that's a tough gig. And um, Will that even help your business? Is there any business alignment to it that you could potentially ink out of it? That's that's a whole nother topic, but it's going to be really hard. If you're going to do it from the technical side and you want to think and you ask the answer is a great book on this topic. And that's what you have to ask. What are the customers asking? What would your customers be searching for? Help with Outlook, how to do, how to set something up, how to set up some other network. I usually go even more technical. And that's that 
goal I had on there was to slowly over time and realizing that, hey, those three views are probably because I refreshed the page three times. That's the reality of getting started in YouTube. You're going to take a long time to get the audience. You always have to really make sure you're providing value and don't be afraid to be critical of yourself or listen to the criticism of others going, wow, you didn't teach me anything. You just told me how great you are at it and you left out <laughs> half the instructions. I definitely have videos like that. I've left some of them up. I let people go through my old videos from years ago and go, wow, this guy's bad. <laughs> People think because there's not something on YouTube that there's not an audience for it. And that isn't necessarily true at all. There's people looking for it. And if they don't find it, it doesn't mean they don't stop looking for it. Matter of fact, YouTube is the second largest search engine only next to its parent company itself, Google. And Google takes and indexes all the YouTube videos, including the words you use in them. They are extremely detailed in how they do this. So when people are searching for anything, if you happen to have a video, that will very likely rank higher than a blog post on the same topic, like how to set up this firewall rule, how to do these VPN things. That actually is something why it's so important. Just because it's not there doesn't mean it shouldn't be there. And this is where people even told me, I didn't think there'd be an audience for it. But now that there's an audience for it, there's now a bigger audience. And I have more and more people doing this that are my friends now on YouTube. I helped a couple of them launch their channels. One of them actually used my studio for like two years. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I encourage it. And they're like, well, isn't it competitive? I said, no, no, YouTube's collaborative because people will watch more than one review on a product before buying a product. Matter of fact, the challenge they have and the comments I get frequently is, well, you're the only one reviewing it or only you and your friend Jay or your friend Cody there's only three people that reviewed it. I'm like, yeah, who else can I find that reviewed this? That was actually an argument in a, a forum yesterday. They're like, there's not enough people. How do we, they actually were asking the people that make the products, uh, how do I get more, how do you get more open source uh, people and advocates on YouTube making the videos about it? I'm like, there's literally demand and no one's making videos about it besides me and my friend. <laughs> there are enough people around the world with access to YouTube and Google that quite literally any topic you'd like to talk on could get a huge audience in comparison to people you could speak to in a room. Yeah, it really is. And the business stuff that we even have a separate business channel we started just because the number of business comments on there. And it's not like it doesn't get the same amount of views, but we are talking a lot about the uh, MSP business space dropping everything on there. And I recently am uh, going through well, going through a merger on July 1st of 2023. And we have whole videos on those topics. Once again, it, you know, and you're like, well, you're just sharing a bunch of info with the MSP community. Uh, turns out being friends with MSPs works out really well for your benefit. And you're going out there sharing knowledge and that uh, creates a lot of connectivity in the community. For, for those that are listening, what's the name of that business podcast if they'd like to take a look at it? Oh, it's called Business Technicalities, uh, lawrence.video slash B-I-Z. I made it really, I made a short URL, URL certainer I have set up that I have so I can quickly index and relay things without people having to <laughs> try to spell. Yeah. Turns out, dumb idea was calling it business technicalities. I misspelled technicalities a lot, it turns out. <laughs> so, <laughs> How many S's are in business again? <laughs> I uh, get that wrong occasionally too. Spelling, exactly. not my uh, thing. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have that information in the show notes in case anyone yeah. wants to take a look as well. Um, do you have to be ultra extroverted to talk in front of a camera all the time? Not at all. Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a very introverted person, but like most people in the tech space, the nerds of the world, you get us on a topic that we like talking about, YouTube being among them. You want to talk to me about storage servers? I'm game. Virtualization? Come on, let's have a conversation. And because it's something you're often a subject matter expert, 
definitely do it. People like watching when people are passionate about things and you're already in the tech space. You work at an IT services and MSP business because you're passionate about tech. Bring that with you. And you just talk to the camera because you're talking about something you're a subject matter expert in that you're passionate about. And it makes it a whole lot easier. So it doesn't really require being extroverted at all because you don't realize how lonely this is. I stare into the black abyss of a camera lens. <laughs> there's not, there's no one in the room with me right now. Me and you are having a conversation. But when I produce content, when I produce tutorials, that means sometimes 12, 13 hours of me sitting in this cool little studio in silence because there's a lot of sound editing in here. I, I, I put something on because of silence, how that silence is happening. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, people come to my studio go, it's kind of weird in here. I'm like, yeah. I said, I have to have something going just so I don't go insane. So it's actually great for introverts. <laughs> it's, you just have to, you're using your voice, but you're not talking to a person. You just stare at the lens, talk to yeah. the lens, and there's no awkwardness because it doesn't exactly stare back at you other than it being inanimate. <laughs> so, so if I connect that to a point you said earlier, is basically um, people all the time struggle with getting too technical early on. They're not explaining the value of what they provide and the services and the partnership that they offer to their clients. But then you use these YouTube videos as an opportunity to dive into these super technical things, which it sounds like you, you did that because you liked it yeah. to begin with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely passionate about it. I always, this is why I go speak for free at all these open source conferences. Like, I, you know, I'm excited when these talks get accepted. I'm like, cool, we get to be on stage and I get to share a bunch of knowledge with people and, you know, teach them about something. That is something I've always had passion about. I always joke, you know, we're nerds and it's like show and tell. We're like so excited. Hey, cool. You like the thing I did. <laughs> it's like bringing in a Rubik's Cube for show and tell in oh, second it is. grade. It is. It, it, is. it never got appreciated as much when I was in... Uh, High school, you know, the, the, or not high school, but in elementary school, <laughs> going back a lot of years for me, you know, the, I would always find the weirdest gadgets to bring. So I was like the nerd. I was like, oh, science day. Come look at what my little project is. <laughs> you did more than the uh, baking soda. Uh, always. Uh, volcano. Always. Science fair came around. Yep. Yep. I love that was me, man. That's my jam. Like I can show off my nerd skills. <laughs> Tom brought an actual smoke bomb into school today and got expelled. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is more accurate to what happened. <laughs> so early on, uh, when you were building, making this, building this YouTube channel, making all these videos, did you post all that content elsewhere as well? You know, that's, that's where it gets a little tricky. So you'll hear a lot of people talk about LinkedIn. And I'm not saying LinkedIn's bad. LinkedIn has a terrible discovery for after the fact. It's of the moment. Things trend and then they fall off. Maybe you'll get seven days out of there. Uh, I've actually created some marketing automation using Zapier where it grabs things off my channel. It tweets it. It puts it on LinkedIn. It posts on other social automatically for me. I add some words to it. It's pretty easy to set that up. You don't have to. That's it. Your low code, no code solution is Zapier to do all this. You just connect and say yes a lot to channels and LinkedIn. Yeah. So it's not bad to post on LinkedIn to grab an audience there. But LinkedIn does not favor content that brings you away from LinkedIn. This is actually true for any social media platform. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't post on there. What I don't encourage because of the lack of discoverability, it's a grindy game to try to build a LinkedIn audience where you're just hammering constant feeds on there and hoping enough people interact with you to get engagement. And that can be really hard. Uh, you even look at people I'm, that have successfully navigated LinkedIn better than I have. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about like John Hammond and all of his hacking videos that he yeah. does. And you have Jeff Gearling. He does a lot of, he got known for a lot of the pretty out wild Raspberry Pi projects. But once again, They've got LinkedIn followings that are big, but think about it from scale. 
I think John Hammond last night, I don't know, 50,000 people follow him on LinkedIn. He's lucky when he gets like 100 people like this post. And so yeah. it shows that even with that high level following, I don't say not to post on there, but I wouldn't try exclusively. I have a few friends that are pushing that. I'm like, even they admit it's not the, it's good conversions when they get them, but it's not near the engagement or discoverability. And it doesn't have the evergreen that YouTube does. So if you have something you want out there that you want people to discover, right now there is no better platform than YouTube to kind of keep that going. And that sounds like because it's tied directly into the way Google ends up filtering search results. It's, yeah, it really comes down to the, the combination of people use Google for search. It's tied into the search results. It's going to show up way more. Matter of fact, because of the way Bing stops much of the filtering results. And recently, I, I don't know if it's by accident or idiocy, uh, Twitter is now um, delisted from yeah, much yeah, of yeah. Google. But the same problems, you post on these other social platforms, Google will is always going to prefer their own properties because that property for Google is also an ad method for them. So like it or not, that's a situation we're in. So hey, play the game as the cards were dealt. And that's the current best platform to do here in 2023. Well, um, any, any last minute tips for folks who are looking, thinking about this in some way, shape or form? Oh, I think we'll have some more in the next videos where we dive a little more tips for them. But basically, it's just get started. You don't have to, you know, cover the things we talked about here. You don't have to be uh, extroverted. You just have to be passionate. You have to think about what the customers are asking, how you can answer yeah. those questions, and uh, kind of start get started and run with it. Awesome. And your just first video is going to be terrible. Just just accept it. <laughs> this is how you get better. <laughs> first video is going to be terrible. Just get started. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, in part two, we're going to be discussing how to actually get started. So we're not just uh, people here pointing at the screen saying, go do this. Yeah. And if you don't, you're losing out. Uh, we're actually going to listen to Tom explain how to get started on YouTube and, and what some of those maybe early pitfalls you should avoid are and how you should think about going about it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. I'm Connor, host of Gone Fishing Podcast. And I'm Lawrence joined us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.